You're listening to the Mountain Practice Journeys podcast, a comfy, cozy place for private practice introverts, highly sensitive therapists, and solopreneurs who help and heal. This is the place for practical, nature-based, magical support for your business and life. And welcome back to the Mountain Practice Journeys podcast. I'm your host, Cindy Norton. Here in episode 43, I'm going to chat with Susanna Horwitz of the Well Connected Therapist about the five myths of networking. Here we go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Mountain Practice Journeys podcast. I'm joined again today by Susanna Horowitz with the Well Connected Therapist. And today we're going to be chatting a little bit about the five myths of networking. Uh, welcome back, Susanna. Thank you so much, Cindy. It's good to be here again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you want to find out more about uh, Susanna and just some of her background and experience, you can listen to last week's episode. But for today, we're just going to jump right into the topics of, of, of these myths. So why don't you go ahead and get started with the first one? All right. So I started coming up with these as I was hearing different people talking about their fears around networking, really. Um And the first one is really, I see this as a myth that you have to be an extrovert and you have to enjoy and be good at small talk to be great at networking. Because I think that, I don't know where it came from, but somewhere out there in our culture, we hear the word networking. We think of all these things immediately. And sometimes it can really shut us down because we're like, oh, I'm introverted you know, I really, it drains my energy. You know, I, I, I just don't like small talk. I, ugh, I hate it. Um, and honestly, I think most people don't really love small talk. Some people might be better at it than others. I think sometimes it takes practice. Some people might be naturally good at it. Um, but the whole thing about debunking that first myth is if you were trying to be an extrovert and trying to be good at small talk when you don't like it, then more often than not, you're not going to feel good um, you know, connected to this thing that we were talking about in the last interview, you're going to feel a little disembodied, you're going to feel more nervous, and you're going to just maybe feel like you're coming across as um, less authentic and not really the whole of who you are. And so I always tell people like, you know, there's different ways that we can attend to and take care of ourselves to be able to come in with all of who we are and be authentic when we're making these connections with people. And so a huge part of that is coming in and being like, well, I'm introverted. I'm going to own it. And a huge part of what I have seen, especially in some of the research that I've done with just like reading books about this and like talking to other people is that introverts are actually really, really good at networking, but there's this myth that they're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and they're really good at networking because I think that generally we as introverts are really depth oriented. We really like to connect on a deeper level and we don't generally enjoy the small talk. And so what happens is when we're going into networking situations, when we can really feel, you know, embodied and go in there, we're going to start asking people these more depth oriented questions that are going to make deeper connections. And people are actually going to remember us more. And then you're going to remember them more. You're going to remember that interaction more so that, you know, if and when you need support, you need that, you know, reach out to that person and you know, there's a crisis with a client and then you know that person is somebody who, oh, they were really good at listening. Oh, they had crisis um, experience in the past and they told me a story about it. Um, 
Or if there's somebody who you are like, oh, I really like their personality and I want to, you know, refer to them, you're going to really understand that a little bit more because you're coming in with your authentic self and really inviting in their um, authentic self as well to connect with. So that's why I like to debunk debunk that first myth. Yeah, (laughs) even with that one. Yeah. And while you were talking, I was thinking about maybe how that myth came to be. And this is just an assumption that I have, but thinking Mm -hmm. about... um, managing your energy as an introvert. I think Mm -hmm. it may be that when introverts think that they're not good at networking or they're not wired for networking, it may be because before they were going into their networking situation, maybe they hadn't been managing their energy and haven't had enough downtime. So they may think it's the networking that is exhausting to them, but maybe they came off a full day of clients And then they went Mm -hmm. to a networking something before they went home to then, you know, have meet with their partner or their kids or like so excited to have them home and they haven't had any time to themselves all day. And Mm -hmm. it may be more of a energy management type thing versus it being the networking. That's the problem. Exactly. I really, really appreciate that because I think that that's a huge part. And I know that I have and continue sometimes to experience this when I, when I forget to be intentional about it. And so when, when we do that, yeah, this can feel like it's an energy management piece. Um, It really isn't about the networking itself. The networking can be really fun and engaging. It's just a matter of being able to figure out like, how are you taking care of your energy before, during, and after, and really giving yourself that space in between and transition times between, you know, leaving a networking meeting or networking event to going to the next thing. Um, Yeah, it's really looking at like, you know, how do I calm down my nervous system so that I can do this really awesome thing and get to get to know people which Mm -hmm. is, you know, it's fun when you can do it. Yeah. Cause if you're an introvert that thinks that maybe networking is the problem, maybe try an experiment, Uh, only schedule your networking meetings whenever you have buffer time before and after, or you've had some alone time before and after, and then still Mm -hmm. see how you feel. And it may be a little bit different. Yes. I like that suggestion. That's really great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about the second one? So the second one is really related to the first one. It sounds like we kind of pulled stuff out of that, but the, that I hear people say a lot is I'm an introvert. And so networking is too freaking exhausting for me. I'm wiped out even after a one-to-one meeting with a new person. And so I think we already kind of touched upon some of that. It kind of led into, into this already, which is just, it's not the networking. It's really just about, you know, the, do you, you know, it's about being able to figure out how to manage that energy. And, oh, I know that I was thinking about this too, is that I think we, I I don't think we've been given enough models or enough consistent models until maybe the pandemic about managing energy generally. Um, And, and, and I think that sometimes people were kind of going into, you know, quarantining and not being around people, there were some people, I think that, you know, who are introverts who are like, oh, this is so wonderful. I have permission. Yeah. (laughs) Even though this horrible thing is happening in the world, but giving myself permission, you know, the whole world is now saying, oh, okay, we're, we're taking time to not have to always be around each other all the time. And I think what I would love to be able to see sustained out of that is not, you know, that we have to always be isolated, but that mm-hmm. when we are connecting, we're recognizing actually how much energy it takes 
especially for introverts and highly sensitive people to be able to connect and that it doesn't mean that you have to, you know, just use it as an excuse to not connect Mm -hmm. because though we are people who love to connect, but to be able to figure out how to manage your energy so that you can continue to connect and, Mm -hmm. and make these deep, meaningful connections too. And I think that the other part of this too, is that making deep and meaningful connections is something that, you know, introverts are much more interested in, but that in and of itself can be draining, right? Yeah. And, you know, when you get into these deep conversations and so that it's super important to be able to do that, you know, managing of your energy before, during, and after so that you can go, oh, wow, that was a really deep, meaningful conversation, but it didn't drain me so that I'm never going to be able to do it again. (laughs) Exactly. And I love that you mentioned the during. So if you haven't heard our episode from last week, Susanna talks about how to manage that energy and how to uh, incorporate embodiment into networking during your networking with someone else, because we all talk about the rituals maybe before and after, uh, but not during. Um, so I think that's a really important aspect. Yeah. So um, I'll move into the third one. The third um, myth that I hear people say is, oh, I have to be ready to present myself. I have to have a client base already. I have to have a fabulous elevator pitch about my, you have to know what my niche is. I have to have a website, a social media presence, uh, Google, Facebook ads, business cards, flyers, all the stuff that people often will say, like, in order for me to really show up and, you know, look professional and, Mm -hmm. and really, you know, network in the way that's really going to benefit me, I have to be quote unquote ready. And I love this. I love talking about this because I think partially because I feel like this a lot of times, it just pops up immediately. It's this need to be like, you know, on point and professional. And I think that when it comes to networking, there have been many times where I went into situations not quote unquote ready. Mm-hmm. And I made some really wonderful connections that are still connections to this day, you know, either for support or for referrals or both. Um, I can tell you from my own experience, I definitely wasn't ready when I was networking when I moved from Massachusetts to Colorado in, in this sense of the word ready, right? Mm-hmm. I, I was on a podcast with Tiffany McLean and she was like, you are ready. And I was like, <laughs> well, I guess I'm ready because it doesn't have to be one thing, right? Yeah. Um, you know, because I was nervous about being on the podcast. <clears throat> and so the idea is based in my own experiences of when I moved here to Colorado, I just partially just out of this sort of survival mode of like, I've got to get this going because I had a practice in Massachusetts and I didn't know anybody professionally out here. I had actually, before I moved out here, I'd even reached out to people via some therapist directories and, you know, got some calls back. And then when I moved here, I started just like going into people's offices and grabbing cards and like looking up you know, their websites are calling them on the phone, which is also really difficult for me. I've Mm -hmm. um, mentioned this in other places. I still have to prepare to get on the phone with people. Yeah, I do too. (laughs) I, I have like my entire life when I was younger, I was this really shy, really, really quiet kid. And I would avoid answering the phone at all costs. And I practiced. So now I can do it. But I think that, you know, I look back on this, I'm like, I had to be able to manage my energy in order to do this stuff. But I went in and I was calling people back to this point of being ready. I I didn't have, I had like maybe Vistaprint business cards that didn't have, like, I didn't have a website. 
Um, I didn't have, and I still don't have a social media presence. I just don't do it for my business at all. And even for my personal life, I'm just not on social media. Um, and I was able to fill my practice just by reaching out and talking to people and having these one-on-one connections and, you know, just, you know, one, one person would refer me to somebody else to talk to. And it just, you know, one after the other. And a lot of it was also patience, but I think that, you know, there are a lot of people I talk to in recent times because there's a sense of like, you can't even start your practice or feel successful unless you have a fabulous website or you know what your elevator pitches or niche and all of this kind of stuff. And I think that part of networking for me was also, it helped me to work out that stuff. So yeah. now I've gotten to the point where the reason that I kind of know the niche of people who I like to work with is because somebody who I networked with years ago, who now we refer to each other, she was a couples therapist and I'm a, I work with individuals. She was able to reflect back to me who she likes to refer to. And I was like, well, that sounds about right. So it took actually networking for me to help develop some of those things. It took networking for somebody to say, Hey, you know, I could help you with, you know, your website when you, I started putting together after I was already full. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that whole thing of like, oh, I have to be prepared. I have to be ready. You just have to go in and hang out and talk to somebody about stuff you like and say, yes. I'm just starting out. Even being like we had talked about in the last interview, really even being authentic about like, well, I don't have any business cards, but here's what I do have. I can tell mm-hmm. you a story about this. This is why I'm really passionate about in my, you know, in my um building of my private practice and things like that. So yeah, yeah, I really like talking to people about that because it's just, you don't have to be this type of ready. You just need to go and do it. And there are so many things, so many excuses that we can find to get in the way. Cause you mentioned a lot of them. I don't have business cards. I don't have a niche. I don't have a website and it can go on and on. And that can prevent you from getting to know people who would love to refer to you because of who you are. So like you said, you just have to show up. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And there's been so many times that I've networked with people and I've loved who they were as a person and they had they didn't have a website. They didn't have, and I would just get a little napkin or pull out my phone and write down (laughs) their name and ask them for their phone number or email address, and then pass that on to someone that I know that would love to work with them. So you don't need all of that stuff. I love that as an example, because that, yes, that stuff happens. So it's so wonderful when that happens too, because then it makes you go, Oh, I didn't have to try so hard. Like I can get Mm -hmm. there. And it also allows us to be patient with our own process of marketing Mm -hmm. and not feeling we have to do all of the things all at once. Mm -hmm. Sure. Of course, at some point, if you can get some business cards and you can get your nice website done, but you don't have to do all that stuff before building up. And the networking thing is just sort of a more organic, like let's hang out and talk about things we're passionate about. And then you'll remember that person. So. Yeah. Yeah. And your niche and your website and all that can develop through your conversations with other people. Like you said, with them reflecting back to you and helping you gain, gain more clarity in what that is. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just definitely. Um, the next um, one, if we're ready to move on to the next one, yeah. um, I have uh, heard a lot of people say this, that other successful therapists will only want to keep the good referrals for themselves, especially these premium fee therapists, you know, are charging a lot more. They weren't, won't want to refer full fee ideal clients to me, especially if I don't take insurance or charge higher rates than they do, or, or if I charge higher rates than oh, they do, yeah. they won't want to refer to me. Right. Mm-hmm. So I hear a lot of people saying this and I've been in a, you know, 
just to be transparent, I've been in a coaching program with um, Tiffany McLean, the, the Leaning May Bank program that's been really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that that's something that comes up a lot because a lot of people in that program were trying to figure out and negotiate how to increase our fees and still be able to network and be able to get referrals and all of this kind of stuff. And this is one of the things that tends to come up a lot because um, people just have this sense that either like the, these people who are doing well and they're successful and they're making a lot of money in therapy, that they're not going to want to look at little old me and refer to little old me. Um, and I'm, it's really interesting how this happens or that they're going to want to keep, you know, if they get a referral, they're going to want to keep that to themselves because it's their ideal client and they're going to, you know, pay them this high rate. I have learned that actually those people, and because I'm becoming one of them mm-hmm. <laughs> who are charging higher rates, the reason we're charging higher rates is so that we can actually create more space within mm-hmm. our schedule. Yeah. And not have to be working 30 client with 30 clients a week. And so what's going to happen is if you're finding and connecting with people who are charging higher premium fee rates and they're successful at it, they might only have eight slots in their week that they can fill and they're getting people coming to them and, you know, either putting them on a wait list or saying, you know, I don't have time for the next couple of months. They want, and I'm telling you this from experience because this is what I want, we want to be able to have other people to refer to mm-hmm. who do similar types of work, who we feel like, okay, we can connect with this person, like you were saying before, and feel like, oh, but this is somebody who I can really, you know, I can see them working with this person. And, you know, somebody who's going to, you know, they're going to pay their rate, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, they're already know they're going to pay their rate. So, you know, I want to be able to find people also, you know, it's just, I think that that will help all of us to be able to just generally help the whole population of people who are needing therapy because there's so much going on right now where, again, those of us who may have been in this for a while, we're just, you know, maybe we're just starting out and we're raising our fees and we're trying to kind of pare down our clientele so that we're not working so hard so we can sustain ourselves and take care of our own energy in the in the, you know, being a therapist and continuing to do good work with people and show up and be present. If there are more people that are doing that and you connect with those people, mm-hmm. <laughs> then I'm going to be able to refer to you when you're still looking for clients. And then you're going to then find somebody else and you're gonna be able to refer to them. And basically we're just all going to be working together in one big group practice all over the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love so that. Cause I, I do. That yeah. I do love connecting with therapists that do the exact same thing that I do because not every single client that reaches out may be a good fit, or you might not have the right time of day, or there's so many reasons why you can refer to people that do the exact same thing that you do and not have to worry about, oh, they're going to keep all the good clients for themselves, or they're going to keep all the higher paying clients you know, that's not, that's really not a thing. It's just not, you know, I had a couple of situations even recently where I referred somebody out, um, partially because I'm being much more honest about managing my own energy as a therapist and sustaining myself as a therapist who wants to be as present as possible with everybody I'm working with. And so I've started really recognizing that a huge part of that is somebody could come to me and they're going to, they're ready to pay my full fee, but they're just not a great fit. Mm -hmm. And I'm not just going to say goodbye. I'm going to give them several referrals and I want to give them some several really great referrals for other people who I think are going to be a better fit for them. And it just happened a couple of times recently where I was able to refer somebody and felt really good about it. 
because mm-hmm. I wasn't just scrambling being like, oh, no, I don't know anybody else. Um, when we connect with other people who are doing like what we're doing, then you can have that more of that choice as a therapist also. And then you feel better about feeling like well, I'm really helping this person get the best care, whether it's even if it's not with me. Yeah. So, yeah. And then the last um, myth that I love to debunk is just this idea. (laughs) This is the quote. The sole purpose of networking is so that I can get ideal client referrals, right? And so I can just do that with my online marketing. Um, And I love to debunk this myth because I find, and I think this has already been apparent in some of the things we've talked about, networking is simply not just about getting clients and getting referrals. It's and and again, this goes back to I think being you know especially as introverts and highly sensitive people, we don't like transactional mm-hmm. <laughs> um, interactions where it's just like, all right, this is you know I'm going to have to talk to you and I'm getting this and I'm going to have to give you something and I have to get something from it. We like things that are more organic and more depth oriented and um, just kind of flow a little bit more. And so I think that if we shift that whole idea of networking is the reason it's the way that I'm getting referrals and building my, you know, clientele. Yes, that will come out of it, but it really goes back to, I think one of the sole purposes of networking is really just to feel connected and to feel supported. Um, You know, I've, I've, I've mentioned this in, in other places I've talked to people about this, that, when I was first going to private practice, I heard um, somebody in the field say to me, like, oh, it's just, I've heard that's so isolating. And, you know, be careful because this is so isolating of somebody I was working with in a, um, you know, in a, in a group, like in a, in a nonprofit. And that person, you know, they really love working with groups. They love being with people all the time. They're way more extroverted than I was. I actually realized that once I started networking and connecting in private practice, I felt less isolated than I did in some other jobs where I worked where there were lots of people all in the room, right? Mm -hmm. Because there was a huge part of it where I got to sort of like meet people, connect with them in a depth-oriented way, and then be able to continue those and, and deepen and strengthen those relationships. And so I feel like, you know, especially at this point, I having done even programs where I'm connecting now with people all over the world, I feel so much more supported and connected than I ever did when I was working in an office with people around all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just really, it's interesting. And then you have a little more choice about, again, especially as an introvert or a highly sensitive therapist, when you can take that time to really be on your own and really recharge in that way. And then when you're going to go back out there and, you know, reach out and connect with somebody else. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I've had so many friendships develop out of networking, uh, coffee dates with other therapists. Um, yes. so I'm very grateful for that. Yes. I'm thinking of even just connecting with you, Cindy. Like yeah. since I, the, I, I'll be transparent about it. I reached out to Cindy cause I was like, Ooh, look at this. She's like, everything she's doing is aligned with some of the work that I'm doing. And I reached out and did, I think I signed up for a discovery call with you. Just because I was like, well, this is how I can connect with her, I think. Let me just sign up on here. And we connected. And then you had looked at my website and we're like, hey, as we're talking, would you like to be on my podcast? And I was like, exactly. oh, really? <laughs> but it was just really a flowy, like really mm-hmm. nice, um, organic kind of conversation. And 
I'm just excited about this because I'm like, I'm going to keep talking to you, Cindy. You're mm-hmm. a really cool person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I have those little coffee and connection sessions just available for people that if they want to, yes. you know, meet on zoom for coffee and get to know one another. And I do remember I checking out your website whenever you had signed up for that. And I saw that it was geared toward introverts and I'm like, oh my gosh, this will be a perfect topic for the podcast. Mm. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. Any final thoughts on these networking myths? Oh, I don't know. Let's just all come together and debunk these myths together so we can connect. And (laughs) maybe I'm being too much of a generalist, but just make the world a better place. Like this Mm -hmm. is how, I mean, if, if we are staying isolated because of all of these different kinds of excuses, um, it's just, you know, we're going to continue to just not feel good about the thing that we actually feel so passionate about. And I think that if we're going back and really like, you know, talking about these things, it's really going to help us figure out how to change it. Um, and just, you know, let's just shift the whole paradigm and challenge the status quo. That's what I'm all about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I love that. You know, somebody tells you, Oh, I don't know about that, you know, introverts and networking. And it's like, Nope, we are taking over the introverts <laughs> are taking over the networking world. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, let people know a little bit more about how they can connect with you if they would like to um, find out more about your work. Yeah. So um the easiest way um, probably to connect with me um, if you're a therapist is through my coaching website, which is wellconnectedtherapist.com. So www.wellconnectedtherapist, all one word.com. And my email's on there. You can sign up for my newsletter. Um, I don't bombard people with newsletters. It's, it's very infrequent, <laughs> but just when something kind of pops up, um, yeah. And then if you want, you can check out the Well-Connected Therapist Coaching Program. There's an eight-week program that I've designed that's one-on-one. Um, I'm working on building some other things into this too. Maybe at some point, maybe when this podcast come out, I'll, I'll have some ideas about, I really want to do some retreats about connecting and taking care of your energy and all that kind of stuff too. But yeah, feel free, reach out to me. I love talking to people. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you so much for joining me today. For episode 44, I'll answer the question, should you start an email list for your business? And I'll share with you how to get started. So tune in next week. And if you haven't yet listened to episode 42, check it out. In that episode, Susanna shares about the concept of embodiment for a more joyful networking experience. I'm truly grateful that you choose to join me here for practical, nature-based, magical support for your business and life. For more inspiration and to see what I'm up to, join me over on Instagram at Mountain Practice Journeys. If you're enjoying yourself here, please head over to Apple Podcast and hit those five stars and I'll be over the moon. And if you'd like to work with me, join me in Forest Mind, my cozy small group mastermind for private practice introverts, highly sensitive therapists, and solopreneurs who help and heal. May the forest be with you.